you have to die every day until you change the outcome. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. This is episode 180, and I am your host, the mayor, Jeff Hornacek. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. For the movie discussion tonight, before we get started, have to go around and meet the fellow bros. We begin with our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycle. Now, Ronnie, I'll be honest with you, this might come as a shock. I'm not a billionaire. But, but I would I know, let's try and get past it. But I would still like to go out in the middle of the night and beat up thugs. Am I legally allowed to do this in my suburban room? No, you need to have money. Sorry. So as lo- the law doesn't apply to anyone with money. Like that's that's law 101. That's your first day of law school. So you just saved yourself $130,000. So when I'm beating people up, should I just have like a bank statement on me if I ever? Get yeah, paid? your tax records would be great. Uh, definitely okay. your 401ks. Um, if you have, you might want to give them your social accounts. too. Yeah, They'll you can just give you your social right now. That way, everyone has it. So they can okay. Pay. It's six. Yeah. That. Oh, you're old. I was one of the first people to get one. Yeah. Oh, you got you got up early that day. Got, <laughs> you know, got an OG number. Yeah. What a lot of people didn't know is you can actually get in line online first. So. Shit. Yeah, wow. you probably ended up with a double digit one, didn't you? Dude, I don't even want to tell you how many digits. No, it's a personal question. Uh, next, we go to the mad scientist, Brian Banner. Hey, Banner, are you vengeance? Uh, yeah, I die hard with vengeance. Oh, I see what you did. All right, well, that's all we have for tonight. That's yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know what else you want from me. Everyone pull over for emergency vehicles. Um how many is that the second Die Hard, or, <clears throat> or did they actually have one that was just Die Hard Two before they started? Yeah, there's the just Die Hard Two. So the first one, they're in um, Nakatomi Plaza, obviously. Right. Then the second one, he's in an airport in D.C. or maybe New York. That's the Jeremy Irons one, right? E- no, 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 no. Jeremy the, Irons isn't the second one. No, he's the third one. That's Die Hard with a Vengeance with Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the third one. Interesting. Yeah, don't test me on my diehards. <laughs> I would never dream of it. All right, here on the Bro 4 Squad podcast, we start every episode off with the most important thing in any bro's life, and that is chest day. And uh, Brian, I believe this was your idea. So we've done a segment, I believe five of them, called In Defense of Villains, where we pick a specific villain from a film or a franchise, and we defend them. We take their point of view and say how they're misunderstood. And a lot of times the film is not giving you the full picture. It's it's very slanted perspective. Well, Brian had an idea, and I've actually just inverted the title, of doing a segment where instead of defending a villain, we actually attack a hero or a protagonist. So I've taken it upon myself, Brian, to call this In Offense of Heroes. Okay, I like it. Patent, patent pending. Um, and today is actually the first iteration of this, although I guess you could basically include it in our In Defense of Villains segment. Um, and we've decided to do, since uh, a new iteration of this character just came out in theaters a few weeks ago, Batman. Uh, and instead of picking a specific movie, I think we're going to let each bro decide. I have one specific movie that I'm actually going to target Batman from uh, and all of his, his shortcomings. But really, if you want to do him across his filmography or really just as a character, you can do that as well. But for my 
argument, I thought it would be easiest to focus on just one specific film and how he's an asshole. So maybe you guys <laughs> took it a different way. So this is in Offense of Heroes, Batman, in basically all of his movies. Brian, since this was sort of your conception, uh, would you like to lead us off? With sure. I can, I can start the discussion tonight. Um, look, guys, sure. What happened to Bruce Wayne sucks. It's kind of fucked up. He saw his parents get shot in front of him, right? Allegedly. I mean, I'm... it's still in the court system, as you know. Uh, it is? But that doesn't give you the right to just do whatever the fuck you want the rest of your life, beating the shit out of people. That's just not, that's not very, that's not nice. what your parents would want. That's not nice. That's not, you're not helping society any by beating the fuck out of people. I think he, what, what Bruce Wayne really needs is like a slow pitch softball team that he plays on once a week where he can just take out his aggression. Yeah, I agree. Or like a rec basketball league that he plays in. I mean, what in canon and what? How old is he when he quote unquote witnesses his parents being eight? killed? Right, I like say yeah, I'd say like ten maybe. First yeah. of all, a, and and this is true. I'm not. This is this part's not a joke. Eyewitness testimony is the weakest form in, of testimony in law. Like it's not strong evidence. Okay, and I'm talking about like adult eyewitnesses. You're bringing a kid into this. All right, like. Banner just mentioned, what is his trauma that he's actually seeing? Is he even old enough to process what he's seeing? Does he see everything he thinks he's seeing? Maybe, maybe he felt he, he twisted it differently in his head. So, so are you Banner are you positing that his parents weren't shot? Oh no, I'm not saying they weren't. I'm saying what the impact to him was. I mean, okay, my well, parents personally have never you. been shot, but like that would probably fuck me up if they did. Yeah, but you're so little. You're like, okay, well, cool. I get to live with Uncle Alfred. That's awesome. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, maybe over time, he kind of, like, magnified the trauma. Right, exactly. Especially because, let's be honest. Okay. And I'm no psychology major, because apparently you have to attend class <laughs> to get the fucking degree. But uh, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. So he probably did not have many tribulations growing up. So, and I'm not saying that, like, having your parents shot in front of you wouldn't affect you if this weren't the case. But if you have other things you're dealing with and like shit that happens in your life that sucks and then that happens, it's kind of just like the cherry on top of the already shit Sunday. For him, it was like, holy fuck, what is adversity? Exactly. Like, I mean, he's never seen any, but I mean, I'm not trying to, I, I hate comparing, but he's not the first kid to have his parents die, you know? And then those people usually don't grow up to just beat everyone up senselessly i will say like the general concept of batman he claims always that it's for the good of gotham city it's and i think rachel dawes calls him out for this in one of the movies she's like it's really kind of like for you though here's the thing i'm i'm busting out guys you know where i'm going with this you led me right to it okay i'll say it batman's kind of like uh putin in russia i'm just i'll say it okay we let him get away with shit just this little petty shit all the time, <laughs> and then now it's a big deal because he's now he's going off the deep end. He's gonna fucking kill somebody. That's Batman. Well, well he's, he's rich. Not. He's rich, so he just keeps getting away with this we, stuff. Why are we drawing a line at killing? Like he's not gonna kill anyone. That's not that you know. I don't know when I played the Arkham games. There's a couple times I beat up a thug. I was like, I'm pretty sure I killed that guy. 
I always love running people over with a Batmobile. And they're like, you didn't kill him. I'm like, no, I, I literally ran their head it's over. Like, I backed over him seven times. <laughs> like, if he's not dead, then there's something seriously well, wrong. So can we get into, like, because I, I think, you know, and Horns, you, like, reference it. You have a specific kind of, like, movie you want to attack. Like, so, just because we're and, talking. And I like Banner's idea, but there's so much shit. If we just leave it open to everything, it's like, where do we even, we yeah, can so, destroy them all night. I was going to say, like, I think what we're talking about really works in well, and you mentioned Rachel, with the Christopher Nolan Batmans, okay. right? Like, so, you know, he's, what we see in Batman Begins, he, he like, he goes off, and he's fighting thugs in, in Asia, um, and then he's recruited, and, um, and, and so, like, you know, he thinks he's going to do some good, and he goes back to Gotham. And, you know, maybe he does okay. He does okay in the beginning, right? But what do we learn in the second movie? That his... He's batshit crazy. Well, yeah. But what he has done, his action has now caused not just equal reaction, but exacerbated reaction, right? So, like, you're going in there and helping these people, quote-unquote, by beating up the, the thugs and going after the corrupt... And then what happens? Does the mob see this? No, they escalate. They get bigger and, and, and more intense. And we see this throughout the Nolan movies. Whereas Rachel made comments like, you know what Bruce Wayne could have done to make a difference? Invested in the city. And I know he donates. We get that there are charities and there's orphanages and all that kind of thing. But he could have systematically changed the city and the funding that we're seeing for these children growing up because they have no choices but to go in the streets, but to go in the sewers and work Honestly, with because they have nothing. He should have ran that's... for like city council or something because everybody loves a sob story. Like, hey, when I was eight, my parents died in these streets and I want to change that. You I can argue is... there's no Joker without Batman. If Batman doesn't show up. Oh, definitely. That yeah. doesn't happen. I think it's referenced... Is it in The Dark Knight Rises when uh, John Blake says something to the effect of like, yeah, kids go down there because they think there's like work, like there's no yep. other place to find jobs, basically. Yeah, sad. Although, let me, let me just, and I know Devil's Advocate is not really a role we want to play here because we're trying to attack the protagonist, but do you think, and this is specific to the Nolans only because this is how Bruce Wayne was portrayed and I actually love this part of his character. Do you think that his lack of philanthropy is to only help build that persona of like this devil may care attitude and this completely oblivious playboy who's like so uh, bo like born on second base and thought he hit a double and is so oblivious to the problems in Gotham that he's not even using his wealth to help mitigate some of those issues? I think yeah, he works hard, he plays hard. Yeah, but that. I mean, to that point, that only serves the purpose for Batman. Exactly. If he decides to go all in as Bruce Wayne and donate yeah. and invest in the city and in infrastructure, right, in education, these kids won't turn to game. Like, you don't need like, – he's the playboy persona to make himself not a suspect for Batman. That's, that's literally all it is. Correct. Right? Like, we saw in, the, again, the Nolan ones. That's one of those I'm referencing. When he went to China, when he went to Hong Kong to get Lao, they do that, you know, he parties on the boat with the Russian ballet. He takes the whole ballet with him. He takes the whole ballet with him, right? Like, that's a cover. That's that's the whole existence of his playboy, you know, personality. But if he fully invests in the city and works with that, then you don't need that. He can just be the face that he wants. He's jealous of Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. 
he's jealous that he that Harvey yeah. Dent is the white knight. And not just because he's dicking down Rachel, although that is a part of it. Well, that's a big part. Minor but, detail. But yeah, to me, I'm like, you know, dude, I get it. You probably get off on it some some level. Let's admit he's a you know psychopath. Maybe he's a good psychopath. Like he helps, you know, he's a side of good. But you, you, there's a, there's something in there in that psychology that he'd rather go beat up people than I don't know donate just a percentage of his wealth to make a difference. Someone well, should me, tell him that could be a tax write off. Also, oh yeah. Let me ask you guys this because I think something about it, but I don't want to give it away because I haven't asked you yet. Uh, <laughs> is Batman? fall under or does he have uh what i'm gonna coin the dexter issue the dexter uh uh what's the word i'm looking for here guys uh syndrome to say okay dexter syndrome where he's he's really a bad guy but we can't help but root for him is this similar to mcgregor syndrome what is that what um Stage no I, I literally no, that's, just that's been I, cured so we're good yeah. i literally just made it up like no i know dexter right he fucking kills people. That's not good. But he yeah. kills bad people, so it's okay. But that's the thing basically Dexter, what Batman's doing, right? Except the thing is, Dexter doesn't have the means to fix Miami without being able to kill the the you know serial killers. Yeah, Dexter is on a government salary in Miami, Florida. He lives in like a two bedroom apartment. Like yeah, so he at least has plausible deniability. Like this is he, the way that I. He has see no other me. way. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And he, he sees how corrupt their cops are. Batman sees all that. But again, when you're a billionaire, like just a couple million dollars would, would just change everything, depending on some of the, you know, who, who knows what the budgets are of these. Well, uh, the know. interesting thing about that argument, too, is you, you don't even necessarily have to say, like, you can't be Batman. But imagine Batman in tandem with Bruce Wayne. All the yeah. good they could do. Dude, th I think that would be a good cover. Imagine if Bruce Wayne, like, hey, I'm going to help out this Batman with cleaning up the city. Basically, if Thomas Wayne, is. and again, we're talking about the Nolan ones here. If Thomas Wayne doesn't die, or or if Bruce takes up what Thomas Wayne started in all the donations and helping build the city and, and the train system and everything, and Batman, that's shit. Yeah, that we wouldn't need Batman anymore. It is kind of interesting that in the Nolans, he wasn't more interested in basically like taking the baton from his father. Because Thomas Wayne's his entire plan to gentrify Gotham was obviously strictly done through Wayne Enterprises, and Bruce seems not. She's like, no, I'm just going to kick the shit out of villains at night. Good idea, though, Dad. Miss you, love you. We could argue that that Bruce Wayne's finances weren't as good as they seemed because in the Dark Knight he goes like one week <laughs> without never. payment, and they take all the shit. Yeah, we've talked about this many a time off pod, but like in the Dark Knight Rises, uh, there's some. Definitely questionable. Like he, is thin. He appears to not be rich. Not only not rich, but like he misses one mortgage payment, which I still can't believe Wayne Manor well, is. No, he doesn't off. even miss a payment. There's just one news report of him losing his money, and they shut everything off. Yeah, I'm not. Wait. Like, I don't you know what we're talking about, right? Bat Batman's. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Batman's not a great guy. I think he has good intentions. He just doesn't sure execute he does. it well. He, he doesn't realize the other options in front of him. I think that's the thing. We have to admit, like, that's why I, I love, you know, I'll be honest. Batman is my favorite superhero, not just because of Disgusting. Batman. I love his villains. I love mm -hmm. his villains because they acknowledge, like, the Joker acknowledges 
very much like, hey, we're not that different. The Riddler in the newest, in, in the Batman, the one we, that just came out, acknowledges and references, no spoilers, that they're, they're similar. They have similar goals, right? Yeah. So you're Even the Joker about, in The Dark Knight says it. Exactly. Like, they're saying you complete me. Like, they're, they're balanced to each other. So you can argue that these villains are looking at Batman. Like, there's really not that much different between them psychologically. So we're sitting here like, that's the problem with Batman. He could save, Bruce Wayne can save Gotham probably 10 times better as an individual, as a rich citizen. But Batman has a psychological problem that he needs professional help for. And again, they could, you could have them both. Bruce could have his cake and eat it too. But we just don't. There's even actually a line in the Batman, and it's in the trailer. So again, this isn't a spoiler, where uh, a woman says to Bruce Wayne, like, as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. Yep. Which maybe he's overdoing it again to sort of sell that oblivious Playboy persona. But I think that would be a good cover too, because a Playboy, I understand, is a good cover for Batman. But if Bruce Wayne was out there giving to the city, why would people automatically think, like, wait, is he Batman? More people would be like, he's definitely not Batman because... Right, he's doing it with his money. Yeah. Right. So I and you could very easily throw people off the scent with that. Like, no, why would I be going around fighting criminals when I'm doing so good here in a non-violent way? He could even call for the Batman to stop. Yeah. He'd be yeah, like, hey, I'm Batman, I, I see what you're doing. I really appreciate it. But hey, let's clean up the city lawfully. But I got this. Yeah. Like, let's work together. Like, you know, the best use of both worlds is in Batman and Robin when Batman pulls mm -hmm. out the Bat credit card. Yes. He gets a lot now, of <laughs> Now he uses it to bid on a prostitute, essentially. <laughs> you, always, Fine. you always want to start a conversation with the, the Batman movie that does it best is, is Batman <laughs> and Robin. That's always correct. That's when people out. go interesting and they start to lean forward. Like, where the fuck is this going to go? They lean over their scotch and brandy and say, do tell, good chum. <laughs> Let's just admit, you cannot be a superhero without some mental defect. You can't be a normal person. Yeah, there's and, nothing, like a normal yeah. psyche doesn't tell you to do the things superheroes do. Yeah, exactly. And I If think you wanted to do that, you'd be a Navy SEAL, you know? You're just yeah. normal and, and for person. me, that is Batman's biggest flaw is that he doesn't acknowledge and you see it. it. This is a theme. You see Alfred say it many times, especially again in the Nolan ones. You see Rachel say it, that you don't need to do what you're doing to make a difference. And I, yeah, again, he, he, he's, he has this rage built in from, you know, his parents dying, which again, dude, like, I'm not saying that's not sad. It is. But like Banner said, like, is that the only time you've ever had hardship in your life? Well, I think those things are mutually exclusive. Taking out vengeance in the middle of the night and like mourning your parents' death. I think those, there could be a Venn diagram where there's really no intersection. <laughs> He's the only one that like, that line. Right. Like Batman this is the middle part of between the two circles. He's just so got one circle in one arm and the other one in the other one and <laughs> just holding them together. Yeah. He's choking a masked hoodlum. So that was the Nolan's horns. I got to ask you because I know you recently watched the 1966, right? The like mm -hmm. Adam West Batman. So what that? How did that get you thinking? Yeah. So I st when Banner came up with this idea, I started to think, all right, let's go back to the first. To my knowledge, there may be a different one out there, but the first big screen adaptation of the character, and. I don't think there's any debate that this adaptation is even the 
Joel Schumacher iterations is far different than any iteration we've ever gotten of the character, right? I've never yeah. seen it, so I would assume so, but... I remember yeah. a little bit, I remember as a kid, more so the TV show. I think I remember, like, glimpses of the movie. So, I, I wanted to go back and rewatch it to see if it has the DNA of the character still in it. And it's deep, but it is there. And I think the one thing that Batman has that really no other superhero has is because he actually doesn't technically have a superpower. You really see a lot of the things he's doing. He's like trying to overcompensate for that because he needs to make himself the superior, the big dick in the room every time he walks in. And Bruce Wayne just inherently has that because he's a rich billionaire. Batman has to find ways to manufacture it. And I have an extensive list of things I picked up from the 1966 Batman. And we can just rapid fire through these, but I want to bring them up and get your guys' opinions on them. So this is chronologically as they happen in the movie. And Banner, since you haven't seen it, these will you, I want your opinion specifically, because number one, these will make no sense. And number two, you're going to be like, what the fuck happens in this movie? <laughs> Can I just say the opening scene you described to me? I was like, what? <laughs> it's absolutely. I thoroughly enjoy this movie, but it is it is insane. Like it is like when do we do the commentary on this is what I'm asking, because there's actually a lot of fighting in it, too. It's not good fighting, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of fighting. All right. Chronologically, first thing that happens, the movie opens. Dick Grayson, dude, 16, 17 year old kid, horn dog going into his senior <laughs> year of high school, probably. He's on a beachside vacation. Batman rips him out of it because it's time to fucking crime fight. Like, Banner, that's a little fucked up, right? Yeah, come on, man. Like, Spring give rain. him, give him, yeah, give him his last hoorah. Like, you can't handle it on your own? You didn't even want a fucking sidekick, and now he, your sidekick can't go on spring break his senior year? I don't know, cycling. If, if spring break isn't sacred anymore, what do we still no. have? And that's the thing about Batman. I'm like, do you want Robin as a partner or not, though? Like, you can't, like, he's always a dick to Batman, or to Robin. And then he's yes. like, oh, you're having a good time? Oh, fuck that. Don't get me wrong, Robin says a lot of stupid shit, but it's not going to help with What kid doesn't, though? Exactly. <laughs> fuck off. How uh, do I next... say stupid shit? <laughs> One other thing about this movie, Batman uses a myriad of vehicles. He uses the boat, the Batcopter, and, of course, the Batmobile. And... Uh, he actually begins with the the Batcopter, and he has his own helipad at the Gotham Air Base, which to me, uh, that should probably be used for medical personnel, right? Why does he need his own fucking helipad? Uh, I mean, why why wouldn't you need your own? I mean, I mean should the hospital should the hospital have their own helipad? And that's that's where... my well, but like the helicopter, if it has to go somewhere to pick someone up at the Gotham, like if they're medevacing you to Gotham Air Base, you know. I don't I think a helipad can land like in your neighborhood. Like, how often is Batman really landing there? Let's be honest. Exactly. He Once probably, every he probably couple weeks. He probably double parks behind another helicopter. And yeah. So, so hold on. So the Batcopter is at a public airbase. It's at the Gotham airbase. So, like, could I park my like rich personal private jet there too? Well, yeah, I feel like that. you should have a private airbase if you want to do that. Okay. I mean, so he's the only taxes. one that he's the only I mean, one that 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 has a aircraft there. I mean, look, Brian. There's not like a 30 minute scene where they go through the inventory of who actually has which spots at the Gotham. Well, Air did Base. he pay the licensing fees, <laughs> the permits? He probably did. 
Is this one of my stronger points? No, but it did irk me. <laughs> but for some reason, we're stuck on it. <laughs> and we're going to stay on this for 20 minutes. All right, now this scene is ridiculous. So he, he goes, from, I don't know why he does this, but he goes from the helipad to the, the boat. And in the boat, uh, or sorry, in the helipad, he's lowered, this is before he's in the boat, I'm sorry. Uh, he's lowered down on one of those like little ladders, you know, that comes out of the helipad. And he's trying to, Robin is piloting the Batcopter and he's led, trying to get Batman onto a, um, like a, a small, I don't think it's quite a yacht. It's like a ferry that's been, they believe, hijacked by criminals. And while he's lowering Batman down, he accidentally lowers him into the water. And a shark, of course, God forbid, a shark live in its natural habitat, bites onto Batman's leg. And Batman uh, senselessly beats it and then sprays it with the bat shark repellent. To which the shark falls in the water and explodes. What is in this repellent? I. Why? Why does he have a seventeen-year-old flying a helicopter? That's the part you have the issue with. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult for him to fly that helicopter. Let him lower him down to the water. Banner, you dove with sharks your whole life. I mean, Batman literally murders a shark in the first ten minutes of this movie. How does that make you feel? Look, I have only cried when one celebrity has passed away. Now, I've gotten a little emotional, but, like, legit tears coming out of my eyes, and that was mm -hmm. when Steve Irwin died. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, fuck you, Batman. Another thing Batman uh, says on... And this is just, like, classic playing to the camera. He says on a news report that his message to the people is, support your police. But if you think about it, isn't the entire point of Batman to sort of circumvent and not trust the police? Yeah, he, they're, they're not doing a good enough job. That's why he's there. Yeah, and this is a classic do as I say, not as I do situation. <laughs> like the whole reason Batman exists is because he has zero confidence in the Gotham police. <laughs> Another he doesn't minor want to like, I think he's just being PC here because he doesn't want the police like completely i get it yeah no well he doesn't want them rebelling again i mean so in every batman movie let's say this like and my wife made a comment during the when we watched the batman like there's always an apb out for him mm -hmm. always yeah. like that's the thing it's but a perpetual apb yeah and, and and sometimes the bat the cops go after him like at the end of dark knight and sometimes they don't like in the batman and there are scenes in the batman that both happen I think I understand that motivation for Bruce to be or for Batman to say, keep the cops semi happy. They don't like you, but they don't have to hunt you. I will say in this movie, Batman 66, the cops are up Batman's asshole. Not just Gordon. All like in a good way. Yeah, they're like obsessed with him. He walks in and they just grovel at his feet. Wow. Another minor one, but I think it's just this is like death by a thousand cuts. So Batman's boat docks at Gotham Harbor, and he has the driver's seat. He always parks the driver's seat right next to the dock, so he gets to get out, and Robin has to fucking climb over him. And he makes Robin get out first and tie the boat up, and that just doesn't sit right with me. I think. It's kind of like child slavery, right? Basically, right? <laughs> I mean, are they getting paid? I don't know. There's no way he's paying him. He no. he pulled him from spring break. It's an internship, cycle. I don't know, man. Too. You disgusting. know he's probably putting it in a fund. 
getting paid an experience. An experience. I think we already established that Bruce Wayne slash Batman is financially irresponsible. <laughs> so I doubt he's putting it in a fund. Yeah. Um, another thing, Brian, especially, he kills another shark. The about fuck 15, is wrong with you? About 15 minutes later, they end up, so they realize the yacht that Robin tried to lower Batman on in the beginning of the movie. Spoilers for Batman 66. So I'm oh, no, I, wow. it was actually a, a, a hologram being projected by a buoy out in the middle of Gotham Harbor. So they go out onto the buoy to disable it. And Riddler actually has this genius plan. He magnets their utility belts to the buoy and then they shoot a torpedo at it. And Batman uses bat sonar to lure a shark towards the buoy so that it jumps in front of the torpedo on accident and gets exploded and killed. <laughs> I am so offended right now. It's Can, disgusting. I have He's a like, question. I, what would Aquaman think, you know? I, okay, is a, a Aquaman. Have a natural rivalry? I don't know they must. about animals. They must, because he's clearly out to get them. Like he, he kills two sharks in the first 20 minutes. We're only 20 minutes into this? Yeah, this is all <laughs> act one, baby. Wow. Yeah. Um, at least twice in the movie, Batman has Robin make a phone call for him. This is such a power move where the second the person that they're calling picks up, then he makes Robin hand him the phone. And that didn't sit right with me. Like, yeah. you're just making Robin dial the number for you. Look, he's making him. In, he's No, I've been that intern. Like, you want to feel involved. Are they interns or are they teammates? Uh, did your internship take you away from spring break? Actually, it did. As I got older. Oh, wow. That's Lost school, cool, actually. Okay, well... Uh, Continue yeah, on, Jeff. On you. All right, yeah. uh, one, I'll, I'll skip ahead here a little bit in the story. So, again, the cool part about Batman 66 is his four main villains all team up to fight him. So it's uh, Catwoman, Riddler, Penguin, and Joker. Um, Damn. And all the actors playing them are, like, going full sell with their performance. Like, they are going for it. And Catwoman, Selena Kyle, has a great idea to um, imperson- or pretend to be a Russian reporter to try to lure Bruce Wayne into a trap with the villains. And she calls herself Miss Kitka. And she ends up on a date with Bruce Wayne in the movie. And th- I guess this isn't Batman specifically, but Bruce Wayne uses uh, US USSR tensions as a way to try to fuck Miss mm. Kitka. He basically says, like, if you have sex with me, maybe it can show our two countries that there's a peace to be had. And you I know, just I'm going to try and use that now. Now that tense, things are tense between the United States and Russia, exactly. I'm going to go start to find some Russian chicks. This and... would be like a Russian guy trying to bang a Ukrainian woman right now using this tactic. It's just it's exploitative. It's disgusting. <laughs> but at the same time, I know we're not we're not trying to be devil's advocates. Like, no, oh, I we definitely are. I mean, do, do you fault a guy for just trying? I know. To... And Kit is hot with that Russian accent. Right? I mean... He keeps going, da, da, like, da. (laughs) Wait, now I hear a vampire. (laughs) That's how she sounds. One, one. uh, I think uh, I nailed it. uh, If you go watch it, tell me I'm not 100% accurate with that. I'm kind of with you, Brian. Uh, Yeah. Shoot your shot. All right, my last few. So the high horse that this motherfucker, being Batman, is on with regards to people who drink alcohol... So the uh, villain's yeah. base is beneath like this pub right next to the water, which, by the way, is definitely a place that we would all hang out at. Uh, and they probably have great chicken fingers. But Batman, 
So there's a bomb in the villain's base that they lure Batman to. Then the villains have left. And Robin basically says, like, why take the bomb? Like, it's just going to blow up a bar. And Batman says, this is a direct quote, quote, they may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. <laughs> I say if, that all the time when I'm drunk. Like the, <laughs> so because you have a beer, you should just be, die, you should die. Hey, cop, I may be drunk. I'm a human being. I, I am. Use that. Wow. I am very offended. I think Batman just dropped like four or five spots on my superhero list. Yeah. You kill two Wait, sharks. You... You, you kill two sharks, and I'm not allowed to drink around you. No, no, he's nah, defending drinkers. He's defending drinkers. Yeah. I, I, he's kind of talking down to him. He's calling. Uh, I identify as a drinker, and no, he's he, not at he's all. Calling, he's calling yeah. me a human being. That's beautiful. Oh, you identify as a drinker. I thought you were trying to say Batman empathizes with. No, me. I identify <laughs> as I drink my whiskey. I have two more things. These are real quick. So at one point in the movie, in the Batcopter, uh, Riddler shoots them down, and they crash into the middle of a foam rubber wholesale convention, luckily. It's convenient. It is convenient, but instead of being like, oh, damn, that was lucky, like, he can never admit anything happens through happenstance. Batman's direct quote is, quote, I did think I saw that pile of rubber out of the corner of my eye. Like, dude, for just one second, can you admit, like, all right, we caught a break? <laughs> no, no. Batman has to know all. I just thought it was a little, like, come on, bro. <laughs> I, I, I'm already sold. I wish Robin called him out on that. Like, no, no, you didn't. Like, you weren't able to steer at all. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He, like, pulls last... out a calendar. It's, like, circled on the date. Like, see, I knew this. <laughs> the last time you admitted you were wrong. Um, last thing I have, this isn't an indictment against Batman. Just another reason we should do a commentary on this. So, Brian, even if you haven't seen this movie, you probably know one of the things that it's, like, kind of famous for is during the fight scenes, anytime someone gets, like, hit really hard, like, the big, like, bam, pow, pow things, like, pow. pop up on the screen. Yeah. So the final fight is aboard a submerged submarine between Batman, Robin, all okay, the villains. Shark territory again. <laughs> right. Fuck. You're getting Batman near the ocean. He just becomes a ruthless killer. Uh, but during that fight, I just thought this was funny and how times have changed over the last 60 years. But Riddler gets knocked into the water at one point, And the big letters that pop up on the screen or the word that pops up on the screen is splooge. Uh-uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> I guess that meant something else like in the 60s. <laughs> or maybe Riddler just like loves getting knocked in the water. <laughs> so obviously like, I wrote, Oh, I hate the air. Oh my god, water! Fuck. I'm just gonna stay. It's like I'm just gonna stay in the water for like a little bit longer. But you well, I think he saw a dead shark actually. No, those are those are sea cucumbers, I swear. <laughs> in this depth. So all right, that's all I had for Batman 66. <laughs> And why Batman? But the, but the same themes are there. There's, a, I, I think we boil it down to he is a very damaged psyche, and he can't admit when he's wrong. He has the ability to help in different ways, but chooses not to. Mm-hmm. He ignores when people ask him or tell him there's other ways to help, and uh, he's dismissive and isolationist. I don't know the exact quote, but I think Chris O'Donnell's Robin actually kind of describes his 
shortcomings as a person pretty perfectly in Batman and Robin, where he's like, you don't trust me, basically. Like, it's it's your way or the highway. It's Batman and Robin, not Robin and Batman. Wow, it's coming back to me. That's weird. Yeah. That was, that was almost spot on, I'm pretty I sure. I think I acted it better than he did. I think you blacked out, actually, McCain, Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> wow. Where's that Alicia, Alicia Silverstone back there? It's not, Bruce, it's me, Barbara. That's not the first nor last time that will happen, I can promise you. All right, Brian, your closing thoughts. Cycles was, was very well said. What are your closing thoughts on our offense of heroes? Batman? Yeah, I mean, Batman's a piece of shit. He kills sharks. That's... I mean, look, we're, we we live in a society where it is worse to kill an animal than it is a human being, unfortunately. People have more of an uproar when a gorilla dies than... But you're do, you are than, that person right now. You're oh, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's a that thing. right there should be 99% of the world's reason why Batman's a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just, I mean, in summary, I love him as a character because he's, obviously, I think, like, because he doesn't have powers, it, there's just so, an inherent relatability to him. But when you look at him as a person, I think Cycli brings up the best point in general. It's like, there is much more he could be doing to help probably more effectively, but deep down, he's worried that if he does it, he will be able to kick the shit out of less people. Yeah. Yep. So and we didn't even get into the, the the damage to the city he causes. The taxes are high because of him. He's kind of a slut, too. The taxes are... I'm just... You don't want to live in Gotham. You think he wants to sleep with all those chicks, Brian? A new model every night? I mean... Come on, man. Batman's actually, Batman... not a... Maybe Batman's superpower is he can't get an STD. Oh, he's got STDs. Nope. Oh, bats infect. They don't get infected. That's a great point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Same. That's, that's why he hangs upside down to really, like, embody the bat. All right. That is our first in offense of heroes. If there's another protagonist out there, and I'm sure there are lots, that you want us to go after, or the inverse, and, and sort of the same uh, segment, if there's a villain out there that you want us to defend, please comment below. I'm just ready to go after uh, Jack and Kate in uh, Titanic because, you know, we're all pro-Cal here. We basically did that on the commentary. Was that our first one? Was our Cal from Titanic? The indefensive villains? (laughs) I mean, it had to be, right? I mean, we (laughs) could do... We could hammer Rose just as hard. (laughs) (laughs) That that one would be ruthless. We still need to do uh, the Shredder and the Foot Clan, obviously, and then the, the... Coupe de Gras, and I know we're, this one's almost like too big, but like defend the Sith from the prequel. Oh, that's so easy. That's so easy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the one that like we will we have all I think since the beginning of the pod have always been steadfast on. Like we are pro Sith here. That one we'll just have squad. to say no protein shake or do you even lift bra tonight. It's just <laughs> it's all Sith all the time. It's a Star no. Wars special. Maybe uh maybe we try and do that for uh, May the Fourth be with you. Oh, that'd be Ooh. cool. Definitely be down. This is how we plan the podcast, guys. On the podcast. <laughs> We're drinkers and human beings. That's how they it should be, open every show. They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. He said that. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? 
But then I was like, never mind. I know exactly what that means. All right. The second part of our show is our protein shake, where we go around and talk about what is in our cup, also known as what have we watched lately? Brian, we have not had you on in a while. Why don't you go first? We'll do a little round robin. So get out as many as you want. And then All right. cycling, I have a lot of crossover. So we might just. Each All right. Time. First one. Um, this one. Uh, free guy. Meh. It's fine. There are there there parts, parts of it that I laughed. Sure. There are also a lot of parts where I just fucking rolled my eyes. This uh, Ryan Reynolds reminded me a lot of Van Wilder uh, in this. Mm-hmm. which was really cool for about five minutes. And then I was like, all right, like just chill out here for a second. I, when the concept of free guy, like when I, I was really excited for this when like conceptually it was introduced to us. And I said to myself, if Brian doesn't like this movie, then it, it's just not going to hit with people. And I actually think I'm getting close to being like sick of Ryan Reynolds, but I'm I say sick that, of him. yeah, but I, but I say that I and I'm his next Deadpool appearance away from being like, okay, that was cool. You know, it's yeah. it's nothing about Ryan Reynolds. It's that he's just the same character and everything. It's like, yeah. yeah, I love him in Deadpool. And it's like, but do we need that every single time? And I actually think that this movie would have been really interesting as not like a basically like slapstick comedy. Like the concept yeah. of like an, an NPC becoming because, you know, the gaming world, I'm peripherally involved in it. Like I'm not like I wouldn't would not classify myself as a gamer. But gaming culture really interests me. And the concept of an NPC in an open world game, like sort of becoming self-aware is, I think, really interesting. I think that I think that is a fantastic idea. I mean, that's a perfect like science fiction drama movie. Right. But it becomes a vehicle for the next Ryan Reynolds one liner. And dude, Lil Rel Howery, this guy was a absolute scene stealer in get out and everything else he's been in it has just been rough really to be bad with you like really bad he's in that uncle drew movie and he was in vacation friends and he like my god dude i know you have talent but like can you do is jordan peele like your lifeline like can you do anything outside of him that isn't like cringeworthy it's like he's trying too hard it's just I don't know. I don't know. And I, I'm sure he's directed in this because you're an NPC. They're like, hey, play everything. You don't get social cues or like cadence of conversation. You got to be. That's a tough thing to play. But I was like, dude, every time he was, every time his character showed up in a scene, I was like, god damn it, no, not again. I yeah. were you like pretty excited when he died at the end? Uh, I don't want to say excited, but I was like, I think this works in a couple ways. Like it gets him out of the movie and it you know sort of helps guy close off his character arc yeah i guess excited might have been a little were you were you more interested in what was actually happening in free world or the stuff with like taika waititi and the gaming uh company uh because it's really like two movies i know yeah it it really was i i liked parts of both of them and there were other parts that i was just could care less about like the little the little love story that they tried to throw in there with the stranger things guy and the chick like that was just dumb now taika watiti that him like busting up the fucking servers was his whole character was fucking hilarious to me i thought he was fantastic 
not his best performance in my opinion, but yeah, I mean, he's always good for a few laps. I'm kind of surprised he took this role. Yeah, me too. To be, like, I just don't really see what about it. Because he has his choice of anything these days, you know? Yeah. Like, I was just, I was like, I, don't, I, I was kind of interested, like, huh, I wonder what about this appealed to him. But Frigga, I would describe as harmless. It's not that ambitious. They say they're making a sequel, and I'm just like, dude, if this gets a sequel, it's like, I mean, Jesus Christ. Why? I don't know. And what's it going to, it does, no, it doesn't matter. It's dumb. Uh, do I do another one? Keep going? No? Yeah, do one more. Do one more? Okay. Uh, we'll do one that probably won't get a ton of discussion. This is a show founded on HBO Max called Miracle Workers. I think it was originally on like TBS or something like that. Uh, it's got uh, uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, uh, fuck, who's that other dude? I don't know. I can't think of his name right What's now. It, anyway, um, he's in Miracle Workers. Oh, okay. Uh, no, he plays the uh, cab driver in Deadpool. Hmm. In the first one. Anyway. Oh, I remember who you're talking about. I'll get it. Me, I'm looking it up. Yeah. Really, really easy watch. Uh, basically, the concept is uh, God created the Earth as, like, his little pet project hobby. And he's just a deadbeat and doesn't care. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to blow up the Earth. Uh, and he has angels, obviously, that work for him. And Daniel Radcliffe's character uh, works in the answered prayers uh, department, which is like somebody goes, God, please, where can I find my keys? And they can only make like nature happen. They can't just be like, oh, your keys are right there. They have to like blow a leaf to do this to answer prayers. And they're challenged with if you make these two people fall in love, I won't blow up the earth. There's the there's the show. It was really funny. How was Daniel Radcliffe? Uh, he was pretty solid. I, you know he's good about to play Weird Al. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm 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 excited for them. So I'm I'm, I'm I was curious how he's done. Yeah, he haven't seen him in a bit. He was he was good. He uh, his character was very like a very timid character. So it was uh, it was kind of. Yeah, it was kind of neat to see him not playing a hero-ish person. Karan Sony? Yes, that's the guy. Is he also in Silicon Valley? I think he is. Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, so yeah, Miracle Workers. Uh, easy watch. I think it was like seven episodes. And it's done. Uh, so they're anthology seasons with the same actors. Um, we watched like two episodes of the second season and it's like this weird medieval shit. Daniel Radcliffe's the king. I don't know. It's completely fucking different. And mm. it just wasn't funny. So, so it's like, an obviously it's a comedy, but it's like an American horror story type where they like bring the same cast back, but they're all different characters. Yes, I, I believe that is accurate. <clears throat> okay. Um, and it was a TBS show. I saw a TBS. Okay, I, I thought I I thought I remember it being on. I didn't know they were part of Warner Media, but I, they have to be because I've seen like a couple other uh, TBS things on there, and T, like Snowpiercer's on there, which is TNT, which is also Turner. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Cycling, what's in your cup? 
So, yeah, I think you and I share a few. A lot, at least. probably. Yeah, I think a lot. The last week, you and I have just been texting like, hey, have you watched this? Hey, watch that. So um, I'll do a couple that I I don't. I know you guys haven't watched. Well, Brian, I don't know. Have you guys been watching the new season of Love is Blind? No, I haven't oh, been. I, okay, well, I, I'll just say this. The, we, they, we got the reunion episode. For those of you listening to me the last few weeks watching this show that I've said is really trash. It's the trashiest of trash. Um, nothing makes you feel more confident or better about yourself than watching this show. We That's got the, the reunion point of these shows, right? It's yes, like, yes. You're like, well, like, you know, I'm, I fucked it, up at work, but at least I'm not that guy. Yeah. And again, the concept of the show, really quickly, if you haven't seen it, is people on a, are dating and they're basically talking to someone without seeing them. They're talking to like 15 people. It's basically about a, an emotional connection and they choose to get engaged. And then they finally get to see the person. They get married three weeks later. So we got the reunion episode. Oh, I'm sorry. As as the only person here who hasn't seen it, is the only choice at the end you either get engaged or you break it off, or is there a, a different? You you option? just one. You don't get engaged, and that's okay. That's the majority of people do not get engaged, and the show doesn't continue for them. The show just continues following the people who get engaged, and the people who get engaged, they could break it off, or it leads into their wedding. And then the whole climax of the show is: do they say I do or I don't? So if they choose not to get engaged, are they? They're not able to like. It's not facilitated to keep talking through the show. No, they're done. Yeah, okay, they're done. We never see Sorry them again. Like yeah. we might see them like in um, there might be a party like where like everyone's invited, or they might they're like might be in the background of something. But yeah, you you basically never hear from them. Um, again, I've I've been saying this the last couple of weeks. The the character, the people, the personalities on this one are, are insane. It's like they took they found the most ridiculous people. And then watching the reunion, you think people are going to have like, you know, if you watch yourself be like awkward and just insensitive or rude or like you, let's say you watch yourself just be this way for three weeks. And then after watching yourself, you come on the reunion show, you think you'd have some been like a little bit of like, hey, yeah, like I was a jerk or I fucked up. There's one person in particular, <laughs> I'm not going to say everyone else, but like who is maybe the I've never wanted to punch a person so hard in the face. Like he is the douchiest of douches. And really? like it to the point that like no one is on his side. Like that's what's funny. Like you can have dicks or like or assholes on these shows and there's someone who's like, "No, I get what my girl's saying." Like, you know, something like that. Like, "No. Everyone was like, "Shut the fuck up. You're a piece of shit." And he kept digging holes. Um, but yeah, if you watch it, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. It makes his ex-partner look like a fucking queen. She's amazing. So Love is Blind, loved it in every trashy sense of the word uh, this season. So if you're into that kind of stuff, um, I, I would absolutely recommend it because it's it's a pretty crazy season. And then uh, there's a show uh, that was added on Netflix recently. Uh, and my wife and I got drunk last week. And, and I, I think we watched a movie and then we watched this. It's called Cat Burglar. And it's like 12 minutes. Docu-series or? No, it's a 12-minute cartoon. Okay. And it's interactive. It's about a cat <gasps> breaking in to a museum and there's a guard dog. And it's 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 animated like the old like the old Looney Tunes. How did you find this? What? It's on Netflix. Dude, it is. I'm not joking. It is, it's interactive. So you have to get the questions right to get the cat further and further into stealing the art. That's like awesome. if you don't get it right, he fails. And, and every time, like, so it's 12 minutes, but like every time you do it, it's different questions. It's different animation. The plot's the same. We we did it twice or three times, 
But man, I'm not joking. We were cracking up. Like, really? I will say, be you know, be a little inebriated maybe when you're watching it. But like, it made us really nostalgic and missed that type of animation. It felt like we were watching the type of Looney Tunes or cartoons we were watching when we were young. It's filmed that you know that ridiculous. What was it called? Kitty Robber. Cat Burglar. Cat Cat Burglar. Burglar. Yeah, interactive on Netflix, twelve minutes. Um, and like again, if you get the questions wrong, it's even shorter. Is it only like so, one episode, or is it like a couple different? Programs? No, it's just one episode, and you can do it a couple times. It's just a game. It's it's uh, like I said, we did it twice or three times, and and they they actually they have like six different trophies. So I think there's like six or seven different ways it can go. Um, but it just it, it really what I I wanted to bring it up because like I the more commentary I'm like just missing that kind of animation and the way they mm-hmm. used to, you know, yeah. make these shows for kids. Like I didn't really think about how much I missed it until we were watching it. Both my wife and I were like, Oh my God, like this is, this is really hitting. Like it's, it's hilarious. Like the dogs getting blown up and the just, you, you remember the, how the Looney Tunes would do it, right? Like, Oh yeah. They would get cut up into 12 pieces and then he'd like come back and put himself together. It's like a uh, coyote and the road runner. Yeah, exactly. And so you, I, I would recommend it. It's some completely stupid, but 12 minutes of just kind of getting a little nostalgia and be really quick on your remote. If you're playing the game, like the questions come up and you have to be like, I missed a, a couple because I just wasn't, I, I got let the pressure get to me. How oh, difficult uh, are the questions? Like, not they're not. Is it, is it, Okay, so it's not really not hard. There's there's a couple that are like, huh? It's more like they you have to get three in like ten seconds, and it's more the time that gets you. And there was one I was like, oh, I know the answer, and I hit the wrong button because it was like I was like trying to do it too fast. They're not like all really simple, but it's it's again, it's just for fun, and especially that's something I would never know about if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it sounds like I said, awesome. If you had a night out, if you watch something serious, you know, like you're not ready for bed, but it's getting there, throw it on really quickly. It's really fun. So Cat Burglar on Netflix. Sweet. All right, I'll knock one. I'm not really going to talk about this. I'm just going to plug our review. Uh, Cycling and I saw The Batman in theaters. We did a spoilers review with Matt Geiger. The time you're listening to this, it's been out for probably like a month and a half. So it almost might be closer to hbo max than it is to its theatrical uh debut but mm-hmm. definitely check out our review um cycling and i thoroughly enjoyed it geiger i think enjoyed it on the whole but he's the batman huge batman fan so he had a few issues but i'll say uh, this like oh go ahead sorry no i was gonna say what would you tease for the for the review cycling i, I would say the, the review is funny because <clears throat> we you and i both are pretty strong the fact that it's like our second favorite batman and geiger like he said is like his fifth but when you listen to the pod if you go listen to our review it's funny i think you and i are like we we kind of like open our criticisms to it yeah and but we're like no no, we loved it whereas geiger geiger's a burton head though so he kind of holds those in higher regard than we do those films i get that but like he also complimented the movie like a yeah. ton more you know he's repeatedly said it's the best gotham and, and things like that so it was funny i went back and listened to it and it is i think again i my one point about seeing the movie i still don't think any of us know really where it fi- falls in the hierarchy and i'm i am looking forward to this coming out on hbo so i can yeah see it again and, and give it a little more thought it is regardless of your thoughts there's definitely some things in it that are 
it's just really well made movie, man. It's like you can't really critique like the actual filmmaking of it or yeah, especially visually the way it looks. And then obviously I watched Batman 1966, which I already talked about, but had to mention it here because uh, no one is watching it these days. So if anyone who worked on it is Burt Ward still alive, I know Adam West passed away. He's at home like, all right, holy royalties, Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think everyone, I have four other things, but I think all you guys watched at least, actually, I'll name one more thing. I don't think any watches this week. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <clears throat> God, I love that fucking movie. Yeah, so I, I realized, like, uh, you know, I hadn't watched the Indiana Jones movies in a while, and they're all on Paramount Plus, so started with Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, and uh, my God, dude, what a fucking fun trip down memory lane. I mean, I'll get into it more because spoilers, it's, it's somewhere on my top 100 list, but just the nostalgia and, like, being a kid, hearing that score, seeing Indiana Jones... they don't they don't make adventure movies like that anymore it's another john williams oh yeah it's a banger for sure um it's just a classic piece of cinema and i think it's a huge testament to film when you go back and watch a movie like that where like visually it obviously is so bad now and outdated but everything else in it is so strong and incredible that it actually in a weird way like makes the visuals more endearing because it's like, dude, this thing has everything else clicking for it that this shit doesn't even matter. You know? It's just I, incredible. I think part of it being timed in the uh, uh, World War II Nazi era helps the fact that the image quality is outdated and everything. That Just the fact that, hey, it's it's dated for the... Or it, it's taking place in this time... So now we we kind of de-aged the cinema and uh, and all the practical effects are just incredible. Well, dude, I was watching it and it was taking me back to being a kid. Like I wanted to fucking go in and I'll, I have a story that I want to tell when it comes up on my top 100 about this. But I wanted to like go in my backyard and start fucking exploring. Then I looked in my backyard and there's it's just grass. So I was like, OK, I can see all of it. Never mind. Well, it's dig a little. Expected. Fuck. All right. I'll be right back. Come home, my wife's like, "What the fuck happened?" Like, I watched Indiana Jones. I don't know. What to well, tell there you. wasn't a holy grail on top of the grass, so I figured I had to dig. A Where little. else would it be? Yeah, underneath it. Nice try, Nazis. All right, Banner. What else you got? All right, uh, we'll do the Eternals. It really sucked. I didn't like it. I've only seen it once in theaters, but like, it, it's. I think I liked it more right after I saw it than I have like going back and thinking about it. It it hasn't sat well on my palate, if that makes sense. It it was kind of slow. Everyone was kind of fucking whiny. I mean, there wasn't really a bad guy. I mean, there was, but there wasn't. Everybody was just kind of. I don't know. I think I think this is. I'll say it. This is the worst MCU movie. It took me me four sittings to get through it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, if there's ever an MCU movie that I was like, I wish that they could have just made like a one-off and not put it in the cinematic universe, it's this one. I just didn't, I guess all I'll say is, I think it's, it's a, it's made fine. Like it looks good. And yeah, the visuals are great. None of the characters I really connected with or cared about. I agree. Which is typically Marvel's strength. Yeah, is it was, I was some, some very disappointed. 
very disappointed. Yeah. Not that I had high expectations, but any, any MCU movie there, you, you have high expectations. Spoiler alert, skip ahead 30 seconds if you haven't seen Eternals, but uh, Brian, did you catch whose voice that was at the end when Black Knight opens the box to look at his sword? No, I didn't. That was Mahershala Ali's blade. Fuck yeah, so finally it's happening. Yes, I know. It was, it uh, was When I, we were in theaters, Joel was like, is that Dr. Fuck, I got to edit that out. Joel, my friend, said, is that Dr. <laughs> no, Strange? No, Shakira Hayek. Shakira Hayek, yeah. She goes, is that Dr. Strange? And I was like, no, that's Blade. And then I went back and looked it up online, and I was like, fuck, it is Blade. That's Holy awesome. shit, yeah. So. Uh, I got two things. They'll both be relatively quick. I'll just knock them both out. Uh, watch uh, Cheer season two. Like, okay, so what? Moving Wait, on. Like, cheers, cheers. What's this on? Netflix, like Cheer. It's called Cheer. Oh, and oh it's I think it's like, Cheers. No. I thought you said cheers. No. Yeah, I was like, cheers. everybody knows your name. I'm like, damn, you're watching Way that. less no. interested. Yeah. Like, okay, so what? I watched it. Let's move on. Uh, I also watched... Well, hang on, Brian. I got to say one thing, because my wife, Shakira Hayek, loves loved season one of this show. And uh, coming into season two, there was a big controversy. You know what happened with one of the cheerleaders, right? Yes. He was arrested for possession of child pornography. Mm-hmm. Diddling kids, and I believe so. They claimed, and I knew this was going to be lip service, but they claimed when it happened, like, "Oh, this will be a part of the show. We're not going to shy away from this." And apparently, that's basically bullshit. They like mention it once offhand, right? And then, I mean, there's there is an episode dedicated to it, but it's not as much what he did. They interviewed the kids that he. Oh shit. Yeah. Fuck. And how did he have like, access to them? Was it through the cheer program? Yes. Jesus and Christ. he like texted them and said, meet me in this bathroom. Like shit got Jesus. weird. Yeah. It, uh, it, it was tough to watch. I won't, I won't lie. Uh, okay, Cause I'll say this from, I, they I'm did sure. not, I wouldn't say they shied away from it. Whoever said that I, I disagree. Okay. I felt like it, from what I heard, and I have not seen it, so this may be. It. I'm glad you're setting the record straight here. I heard that it was more like re- referenced peripherally when essentially it should have been like. And again, you don't have to focus the whole show on this because it is about cheering. But like, the dude's a piece of shit, and we don't need to be like trying to skirt around this issue, you know? Yeah, they. It was also interesting to see his teammates how upset they were and how blinded they felt that they didn't catch this um and That's same with an the coach uh, uh and same with the coach she was like i i loved him like a son and gave examples and it was it was tough to watch but they did not stick on it they mentioned it really really briefly and i think the first episode basically like this is what you're going to see this season one episode was dedicated to it and it was never mentioned again Hmm. Can I ask, like, did you ever have, like, did, was this guy, did this guy seem normal or like, did you have like, you know, like this guy seems off? I mean, I. He seemed, okay. Th- these are completely separate statements. So I'm not saying them at all like they're correlated. He is as many male cheerleaders are. He's a, he's a homosexual, which is totally fine. But he all, but he uh, seems to have, at least the first time he has like anger issues, right? 
in yeah. season one. So, like, I'm just saying, if he's that could be something where like he can't control his impulses. Yeah, I don't think he was a hundred percent mentally stable all the time. I think, I think he had some some untreated uh, mental health things. Which in season one, he'll go from like blowing up on someone to then like the next time he sees, he's he's almost like bipolar. Yeah, mm. I would say. Uh, so moving on from that. Just <laughs> yeah, kinda... I was still watching any comedies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched uh, the first season of Invincible. Mm. Oh my God. I absolutely loved this. This is, I think, a top five show for me. I need to run through it again just to make sure. This has everything I love about shows. Ever? Probably, man. Wow. I think it was Nate and I, and it was a few episodes back, we we did our top shows of last year. This was both of our number ones. I think. Yeah. It was in the top three, at least. If I had watched it uh, last year, it would definitely have been in my top three. Uh, got really good, really big DC animated vibes. Yeah. Uh, but they took it to that next level as far as, like, the gore and stuff goes. Uh, love that it was a cartoon. What, 30-minute episodes? Maybe 40 every once in a while? I will say this, and this is what Amazon does. The episode length was really varied. Like, some would be 30, and then there was a couple that were, like, almost an hour. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I I like that they they told the the little sub-story in each episode, no matter how long that took them to do. They didn't cram things into one episode. The voice acting was incredible. Great cast. Just absolutely insane. Um... And <clears throat> I had no idea who the real bad guy was going to be for, I would say, most of the season. I had my suspicions pretty early on, but there were twists and turns all over the fucking place here. Yeah, it really does kind of play out like a... It, and I understand it's based on a graphic novel or a series of comic books, but they introduce so many plot threads that you just... I think part of it is you're like, which one of these are they actually going to focus on when they actually have to close out the show? And I thought they, I thought they blended for the most part a lot of the storylines or, or put a nice little bow on them and tied them all up. Obviously, there's a few huge ones, you know, lingering out there, but it was a good fine line between like you have plenty of fertile ground that you can go after in a season two, but yeah. you also, I think, like season one was interesting enough and also felt like a complete story to where no one's like dude fuck you like that's not an ending you know yeah it wasn't a happy happily ever after but it wasn't a cliffhanger either yeah true i I can't again i can't say i can't say any any bad things about it i don't think the animation was great i don't know that's that's all i got uh, I'll definitely season two should come out this year. I haven't heard any pretty pretty soon. I believe it got greenlit for a third season as well, if I'm not mistaken. It's always a good sign when they just add add like multiple seasons on to your yeah. It give, it gives the writers a little bit more freedom in that second season. For sure, a little more uh, ground more, to play with. Little little more wiggle room, if you will. I will. All right, what else you got? That's all I got, guys. I've got some stuff in the works that I've, I'm watching, but I'm not prepared to talk about yet. Ooh. So. Tease. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cycli, what uh, what else is in your cup? We can just finish it out because I think we'll, well share. Yeah, you, you and I share 
we can talk about how I met your father if you want, or we can save that. Um, but we both have Kimmy and we both have Fresh. Yep. Then it might be another one I'm missing. I talked about Kimmy, I think, two episodes ago, but I really want to get your your take on it. This is a good precursor to seeing Zoe Kravitz in the Batman, I think. Yeah, I I think Kimmy was, uh, and you referenced it when we talked about it, was like a really cool, it's funny, even, you know, post-COVID era, or if we want to even call it um, post-COVID. Post-wanting to deal with COVID era. Well, yeah, like, exactly. That's that's the best way to say it. TV shows and movies have they've dealt with COVID, but like they've abstained from showing it, right? Like this was the first show that like or movie I feel like I've seen and I could be wrong or could forget that like dealt with like you know people wearing masks and working at home and things like that, like the isolationist of like not being around people. She had a you know a psychological disorders and a mental disorders that were exacerbated by by COVID. So that was interesting. Um, I'm the run. The runtime was good, right? Like that was like what an hour and twenty five minutes, I think. Yeah, if even that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I won't go more on. I know you've already talked about it, so I'll, I would recommend it. It's an easy watch. It's quick. It's entailing enough. There's enough there to like carry the plot um, for at least that long. I, I think there was a concept there that could have been. They could have gone a little deeper into. They could have, uh, you know. D- dived into the characters my only complaint was i thought the ending without spoiling it was a little too clean especially with how the movie was and the and the concepts that they're facing and so you know they they did do it not to say what happens but it's just like you know the clean ending and i felt like there was a lot of ambiguity and there's a lot of other things that could have potentially led to a a better movie but it was i i still thoroughly enjoyed it yeah I agree. And the concept, if people don't know, of Kimmy is um, uh, Kimmy is essentially like a basically an Alexa or like a Siri device that people it's like a smart home device that people have. And Zoe Kravitz's character, I can't remember her name now because I'm a few weeks from the movie, but she's essentially like a uh, QA programmer for it. Where like if you like if you ask Alexa a question and she like doesn't understand it properly there are assumedly like programmers who go in and like manually code that request so that next time if someone asks it, like the machine understands it. And she does this for Kimmy. And with one of her recording logs, she believes that she witnesses a woman being murdered. And it kind of takes off from there. Like how she follows up with it with the company. Did this actually happen? Things like that. And also exciting. It actually, yeah, that's how he sold it to me. And it's perfect sell. The only thing I'll add to what Cycli said, though, is it is exciting, but, like, and Cycli, maybe I'm misremembering something. There's really not much that they leave to mystery about the story, right? Like, you like you kind of have all the facts. No, right? that, and that's what I mean by clean ending. I'm not saying, like, I'm giving anything away. It's just, it's just wrapped up in a nice little bow. And I'm like, theoretically, you're talking about an Amazon-type company. Like, this should be messy, and that's okay. Like, I'm not, you know, like, I think there's things here that could have opened a lot of questions and doors yeah and and the ending and i and you you and i had this discussion off pod it was steven soderbergh right yeah did all the oceans movies and that he's a talented director obviously he's done a lot of stuff um i very much felt like this movie was a movie that was intended for the theaters 
And eventually he found out midway through filming that this was going to be direct release on what Hulu HBO max, which makes HBO sense because they're the ones that said yeah. everything was going to be day yes. and date last year. Yes. It was HBO. And I have to imagine some of these Hollywood directors and we know M night was one of them. We know a lot of them are like, no, we, our movie has to be in the theater. Nolan was the loudest. Chris, yeah. Nolan. Yep. Um, I, I have to wonder because I felt like the film ended abruptly and again, cleanly that there was a turn in some point mentally in making this movie where he was like, well, if it's going straight to streaming, I don't want to, it's not going to be big. It's not going to wow people. Um, and I think, I, I don't know. It's a complete conspiracy theory. I have is that that's where his line of thinking went. Yeah, it just seemed like there was, like Brian said, he's like, wow, that sounds really fucking intriguing. And it is. But it just seems like Soderbergh kind of was, fell out of love with the idea of this movie. Not that it's made with like any, it doesn't feel like it's like half-assed, but like there's Like so he was many, distracted halfway, got distracted halfway through? Kind of. There's like so many interesting ideas and he just seems like, I kind of just want to make like a nice movie. You know, I don't really want to actually deal with any of the, the, the questions that I'm raising. And you're like, it would be like if Lost ended after season one. Mm, you're like, but you have like all these, all these, cool, yeah. like, but you have all these cool ideas. And JJ would be like, I, you know what? I'm good though. The concept of the movie, I think that's what holds it back. The concept of the movie is brilliant. And I think could have been a, a, a much better film, but it was still fun. I, I Again, hour 25 minute, hour 20, like it, go watch it. Yeah. And Zoe is fucking attractive. So yeah, she's the best. All right. Anything else, Ronnie? Fresh. Oh, yeah, fresh. Let's talk fresh. Fresh. Banner, have you heard of Fresh, the Hulu new release with Sebastian Stan? No. You would hate it. Never <laughs> go anywhere near this movie. Okay. I think you'd love I, you know, it. You, you know, that's like telling movie. me don't press the button. No, I'm trying to go see check, it. check it out. Yeah, but this is one you'll tap out of quick. Uh, all right. If you haven't seen Fresh, skip ahead like a minute and a half. Hit that 30 second forward like three times. So, Cycli, tell people the plot of Fresh on Hulu. Without spoilers, because it is relatively new. Um, it take, it's, a, it's a, again, thriller slash horror. Modern take on dating, right? Like, how are single people meeting right now? Which, thank it's, God we're married, dude. Oh, dude, my God. Can you I imagine being stuff, out there? I couldn't. I couldn't. And, I uh, work with a guy that's dating right now, and it just sounds so exhausting. Ugh. I mean... And that's why what I like about it is a concept of this girl's dating guys, obviously, like through Tinder or Hinge or whatever, you know, dating app it is. And she's a young 20 something looking for a relationship. She's had a hard life. She doesn't really have a family um, and she has a good best friend. And the concept is, you know, she meets this guy and kind of hit it off. And, you know, you think he's too good to be true. And the friend has uh, misgivings about him, but she's kind of smitten by him and how much do we want to give away? Like, you know, like, I mean, I told people to skip ahead. So if they don't skip yeah, ahead again, if you're still, yeah, listening, like, spoil fresh, you're, um, yeah, but she's basically like kidnapped essentially. And, um, found, finds out that, you know, he's not there to rape her or literally, I mean, uh, immediately kill her, but doesn't his want intent to touch is, her to be honest. Yeah. His intent is to cut off her meat and sell it to the 1% of the 1% who what the fuck? enjoy eating humans because they get off on it because it makes them feel superior. And so if you want to see Sebat, Seb, my wife, Shakira Hayek, even said, like, Sebastian Stan is great in this role because 
Yes, he's he the guy that would approach a girl at a grocery store and any girl would give him her number. He's so affable. He's he's has this like innate ability. He's like really, really good looking, but he's also like he kind of looks like the everyman at the same time, you know? Well, there's a there's a rule on Reddit and on the internet. It's step one or rule one. Be attractive. Step two, don't be unattractive. And if you fit those two rules, mm. you can hit on girls at the grocery store and, and get their numbers. Right, correct. And I like it that she's so desperate. She's never like her generation, our generation is like only meeting people on the internet. And now the first connection she meets with a person in per like in person, like it it makes sense that she like almost is smitten by him because that doesn't happen anymore. Right. To meet it just to meet someone who, like you say, oh my gosh, this person isn't a crazy lunatic. It's like that's such a plus now. And this is kind of uh, a different point, but cycle I have to say. The last shot of the movie, the text message she gets on her cell phone, I, I think is incredible. From Chad, like, literally a Chad. His name is Chad, yeah. Uh, that was great. So would you, when you asked me, because I told you, like, I want you to watch this just because you're someone I really want to talk to about this film. But you asked me, would you recommend it? Or did you like it, I think? And I said, I don't think so. But it's really interesting. Did you like it? I think I did like it. I, I So I've seen some fucked up horror films. Um, I've, I've seen Antichrist, um, Serbian film, Human Centipede. Um, I couldn't do Serbian I, film. You all know no one should ever do Serbian film. Um, and to me, actually, one of the most fucked up that no one talks about is a movie called Tusk. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. No, Justin Long. It's yeah, a that, Kevin that Smith movie. movie. Yes, that movie fucked me up more than any movie. Um, so this movie is interesting because I've always, you know, I love horror. And I'll tell you, like, and if you're listening now and you skipped ahead, this is, we're not going to go spoilers, but, like, the, 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 the uncomfortableness that I felt in those movies or the disgust, I don't know what it was about some of those scenes, but, like, man, I felt, I, I, I texted your wife, and I said, because your wife hates gore. And I said, give and me she notoriously gore. hates you for downplaying yes. goriness. In yes. the movie. And I texted her. I was like, give me gore all day over what we're getting. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I just it made me un- my stomach churn a little bit. I didn't want to. I, I had no appetite for a while. Yeah. I said um, in my letterbox review, like, I know it's intentional, so I'm not going to, like, knock the filmmakers for it. But it's just that's not a movie that I can, like, enjoy, really, you know, and. I'm not, I, think, I don't think it's a deficiency on my part. It's just my yeah. Preference. No, I think, and that's fair. And I think I would say, outside of those moments, and I had I went into the movie knowing you felt that way, and and my guard was lowered. I didn't have as high of expectations. I think outside of those scenes, which again, like you said, is the intent. I actually did enjoy the movie. I I enjoyed the twist on some of the t- common horror tropes that we usually see, that weren't followed, and they were hinted at and then back backtracked on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and yeah, I, what I liked true. about this, they were smart. These were smart characters outside of yeah. her taking a ride with this boyfriend, but he, you know, he did a long con on her, but they were, they were smart. The best friend was smart. She did like everything she was supposed to, and that we yell at uh, movies like this to do. So I, I think at the end of the day, for me, I personally enjoyed it, even though it was very uncomfortable for moments, but like you said, that's the intent. But if the director hears you say, I'm uncomfortable, he's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Gotcha, bitch. 
you know it's so funny how you can i can deal with like a head getting smashed over and over and over like in midsummer and they're like i'm like oh that's crazy and then this movie i'm like oh she's eating a meatball what the fuck oh, yeah so banner i don't think you will watch it and your wife no. is probably handle it better than you would but definitely don't be eating while you watch it yeah i'm i have zero desire to check this out I never felt like scared though, because it is the no. Winter Soldier. At the end of the day, he's there to protect us. <laughs> We're seeing him in like he's he. I, I you know what? I never thought of this guy, and then all of a sudden, you know, Winter Soldier. We always knew, but like now we're getting Pam and Tommy, and like, like where is he coming from? All of a sudden, like it's not like Winter Soldier is new, right? He also says he's not in Doctor Strange too, and I don't believe him for a fucking second. So. Yeah, he's a he's a fucking liar. Yeah, fresh. I probably wouldn't. It's definitely. You know the four quadrant movies, like every everybody should go see it. This is like a half one quadrant movie. <laughs> but it was on my list of like that's the, dude, I will say this. The one awesome thing about 2022 when it comes to movies is so many of these releases are just on streaming. So when they come out, it's just like, dude, fucking plop them on the couch and just throw it yep. on. And, and if you and don't I like said, it, who fucking cares, you know? And I said this is a big year for horror, and so far. I think it's hitting. I plan on watching every horror movie this year, and I don't. Even though I, I don't know, man. Fresh is like, I don't like it, but it had a visceral effect on me. I could see this one. Like, we should do a horror list at the end of the year because this might one might creep its way higher it, it, than I, I agree. To admit. <laughs> and it was better the more I thought about it too. What? Because when you think about it and you read about it, like you're not focused on those uncomfortable scenes. God damn it! I'm getting uncomfortable again. I wanted to eat the leftovers of my dinner after this. I don't think that's happening now. Yeah, if you want to go on a diet, watch this movie. For real, yeah, you'll you we'll won't get eat. Parker. We'll get Parker to be on it. Who's Parker? Oh my God, never mind. Rosa Parker. Yeah, <laughs> civil rights activist. Uh, have have we watched anything else together? I look at my list. I don't know if you've seen this one show. I recommended it to you, but it was yesterday. Which one? Our flag means death. No, I haven't watched that yet, but I am going to this weekend. Okay. Uh, Banner, have you heard of Our Flag Means Death? I'm not. This is the Taika Waititi HBO Max show about incompetent pirates. Oh, I saw the trailer for this? So this is cool. So Taika Waititi stars in it, although he doesn't show, maybe he didn't star. He's probably the second build. He doesn't show up till the third episode. But he's a big character, and um, he also directed several episodes and wrote the scripts, I believe, or co-wrote them. It's it, it, it's an interesting release strategy. So it's ten episodes total, and each week they're releasing either two or three new episodes. Huh. And they're thirty minutes each. They're really quick watches. I am five. There's six episodes out right now. I've seen five of them, and this show is fucking hilarious. Like Thor Ragnarok levels funny. It's Taika Waititi sensibility. This it's basically like incompetent pirates, and one of them, I believe this is based on a true pirate, although I don't know his name, is a gentleman pirate where like he's a pirate, but he doesn't want to do like mean things to other pirates. <laughs> he's like, that's, well, that's, that's, not, that's, that's not nice. What will our reputation be, lads? And a couple recognizable faces, obviously Taika Waititi is in it. Um, Joel Fry, who plays Jasper in Cruella, and he was also the kind of bumbling friend in Yesterday, if you've seen that, is in it. He's hilarious. 
Guest stars we've had so far, Leslie Jones, Fred Armisen, Nick Kroll. I'm trying to think who else showed up. I think there's one or two more like good comedians in it, but it's Taika Waititi's writing and his dialogue and the concept is fucking hilarious. And the budget is like nothing. Like they're basically on a pirate ship set with a green screen behind them, just having like ridiculous conversations. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And the title, Our Flag Means Death. Let me just tell you this. So the pilot episode, the pirates decide uh, every pirate ship has like their own scary flag. So they have an arts and crafts contest where each of the pirates on board get to try to design oh their, their version of what the pirate ship's flag should be. That's hilarious. And so it's all these pirates like sewing pirate flags and they're like... It's like glue sticks and construction dude, paper. 100%. There's a scene where a pirate's like, can I borrow the glitter? <laughs> and they're like de- de- like defending their idea for the their image on the flag. I'm going to check that out as soon as we get off of here. Yeah. It, the best part is short watches. I think episodes yeah. average 24 to 27 minutes. That's big. That's big for me. Yeah. So you get in, you get out. Our flag means death. I have one more thing. I don't know if any of you guys watched this. Uh, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty on HBO Max. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Was it good? Yeah. I don't have much to say because just one episode came out. But I'm definitely intrigued. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the Showtime Dynasty. It's, what a nice franchise to where you have to clarify. Right, which one? <laughs> Fuck off. Um, the, I'm not a Lakers fan. <laughs> the thing I like and the thing I hate. The thing I like, they are not holding anything back. Like the opening scene in the series is Magic at the hospital getting diagnosed with AIDS. Wow. And then they do the Tarantino flashback. Like, how did we get here? And it's him like graduating at, or not graduating at one year, but ending his freshman year at Michigan State. The thing I don't like, uh, Adam McKay directed the pilot episode, and my God, do we get a lot of those, the big short breaking the fourth wall. Like, half the episode is them talking to the through the camera. It's just like, dude, please stop. Uh, it's very Adam McKay. It's like, we get it, bro. You directed it. Oh, come on. Um, but I'm definitely going to watch the whole show. I, the subject matter I'm in for, and just... It, the reason I'm intrigued, and I think Geiger liked this too, is it does not look like this is not made with Magic Johnson's approval. Like they make him look like a fucking asshat in the pilot episode. So give me the real take what actually happened. See, that's what, like, I mean, I know they're not the same, but like The Last Dance left me wanting. Like, I'm like, Correct. dude, because I know this is all propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the, give me the fucking raw shit. Yeah, because the op- the not the opening scene, but like one of the first two or three scenes, Magic's uh, like girlfriend in college, she essentially like dumps him on his front porch before he gets drafted because she's like, no, like I know I know how this story plays out. You're gonna get drafted by the Lakers. You're gonna go to L.A. and you're gonna become this fucking asshole man whore, and I'm I'm not gonna be a part of it. And Magic like freaks out on her. He's like, really? You dumping me? She's like, yeah, like I'm just gonna go live a normal life. He's like, I'm gonna have millions of dollars. She's like, and you're gonna be miserable and sad. So, good luck. I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Although this, these, are, this is not a quick watch. I think it's like an hour, two minutes is the, the pilot episode. Eek. But it's week to week, so it's a little more palatable. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> What? 
I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian, we have missed that. When you're not here, transitioning to the last segment of the show is a fucking chore. So uh, I actually thought, you know what might be more efficient? To buy an actual bird and train it to say the outro. Can you name the bird Iago, though? No, that's where I draw the line. I'm sorry. It's disgusting. You're asking way too much. I think you'd be better at negotiation. (laughs) (laughs) That noise brings us to the last part of our show, or do you even lift bra? Bra! (laughs) That was like a depressed bird. (laughs) That was your probably worst. It was like the bird giving a eulogy at its best friend's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Our question and answer segment, and the question we've been asking and probably will continue to ask for the rest of the year, what are each of the bros' top 100 movies of all time? So in the description of this podcast, you will find a link to all five of the bros counting down our top 100 movie list of all time. We continue that today. Before we dive into it, Cycle, each week when we do this, we have to preface it for either new listeners or people that forgot. How would you describe these top 100 lists? Because as we frequently say, this is not your mother's or even your grandmother's top 100 movie list of all time. Uh, Sorry, that's incorrect. It is your grandmother's list. Uh, Mine is probably identical to a lot of grandmothers. (laughs) Everything on here are silent films or uh, Cold War era propaganda films. But how how would you describe these lists to people? It is intimate. This is an intimate list to you and I mean, only you one. there is this that's what's great about this like you don't have to justify this we ask you to justify it by just for your own feelings but you know this is movies that meant something to you as a kid to your family uh to you know maybe you watch at an emotional time or at a you know, certain time in your life where it meant you know it had an impact on you and you could admit that this list is purely individualistic in nature and you know it's really rare for even us to have overlaps, even though we all have similar tastes. Um, and so it's really fun activity. I've said this every time you should do this too. You should get your friends to do it. My family's doing it and has done it. And it just, it makes for a really fun discussion. Yeah. It's not the top 100 best movies ever made. It's our top 100 movies. It's a big, it's an important distinction. Very important distinction. All right, well, Ryan, yeah, Banner, no one has to defend that more than you because your list is like... But honestly, I would be mad if Brian's list was not inherently <laughs> different, you know? That is true. That's what the pod has him for. All right, Brian, where we last left off, let's have you do actually three in a row, if you're cool with that. Yeah. You left off with your number 77 movie of all time, one of my favorites. It will come up at some point in my list, The Breakup. So what is your number 76... 75 and 74 so 70 uh 76 uh i believe this one may end up on your listing uh as well later on jeff is v for vendetta um i know it wasn't like super popular when it actually first came out it's kind of grown a cult following i fucking love it i think this is the, the acting in this is incredible. Uh, Hugo Weaving, I I have to give credit where credit is due. Natalie Portman as well. It's just, I don't know. It's a great movie. You're shaking your head, Cycli. Oh, no, I'm, a, I'm a shaking my head in my agreement because I'm laughing about 
this is a you, uh, we're not going to get to it today, but uh, we're you and I are not far off on this movie in our lists. Really nice. Yeah. And I, I always think it's funny when we get like even remotely close. And and Horns and I actually shared one, and I'm laughing about this. We're only a few apart. That, that I remember when this movie came out, I was excited about it just because it's like you know it is a political slash crime thriller um, that's grown so much more into it. He's become. You know, the mask itself has become now like a state iconic, it's yeah. iconic. A- anonymous obviously uses it to like in like like recently we're still we're in the cyber attacks on Russia. Like we're seeing these math, the Guy Fox masks. Um, but the, the movie to me is it's a very I don't, I'm not trying to make it bigger than it is. It's a great post 9-11. Government overreach type movie like of of what a society can look like if it breaks down too much and yeah and i i, I just think it, it it is really well done like i it it's beautifully filmed um like you said hugo weaving i mean like i love him he's he's always an iconic actor but yeah I, i'm with you I, I mean i have more to say i just was i shaking my head because i was laughing because like yeah this is where you and i are not far apart on this Anytime if someone asks me like a rest, like, hey, do you want to go eat at this restaurant? And I'm like not interested. I quote V and I go, no, not tonight. <laughs> uh, can we just say probably the second best Wachowski's movie? Yes, I, I by far. I know there's some speed racer cultists out there, but I think this is their second best. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And I will admit, Spoilers, it is on my my one top 100, it works out that way. But there are days I, I like this more than Matrix, but. And at the time, Natalie Portman with a shaved head had me very sexually confused. And she always has me confused. Exactly. What's your deal? She's breaking my heart. <laughs> oh, she's because <laughs> she's saying the emotion that she has. That's, that's good, right? <laughs> you know, she's sad because she literally fucking says it. Yeah, no, we got it, George. That wasn't the confusion. All right. Banner, number 76, V for Vendetta. What's number 75? 75, National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Mm. This is just, I don't know. I fucking love this movie. I grew up watching this movie. Uh, we had it on DVD. I probably watched it a hundred times over one summer. Um, I just think it. the only time uh, that I had, when this, when when this came out, or when I watched it, was uh, I'd only been to Vegas when I was four years old. And so it was kind of cool seeing all these places that I had been when I was four, and I have pictures of when I was four, but I don't necessarily remember them. Um, I think Rusty is fucking hilarious. Chevy Chase, classic uh, vacation movie. This is the last good vacation movie. Let me, I, I don't want to, if this is a spoiler for your list... You don't have to answer this, but is this your favorite of the vacation movies? Um, give me a second. I don't. I can't. I have this out of twelve hundred movies in my list. I have this at three ninety one. It's just ahead of The Devil Wears Prada. Mm, I love Vegas Vacation. We've done a Broback review on it, actually. I, uh, I think the first year of the podcast. And uh, it is not. There are actually several higher than it. Holy shit! Okay, <laughs> that's the strength to the, the rest of his list are actually all vacation yeah. movies. Um, but I think what works well about this is number one, 
this might be a hot take, but I think Cousin Eddie is better utilized in this movie than he is in Christmas Vacation. Uh, I agree 100%. In Christmas Vacation, like, he's funny, but he makes me, maybe just because now that I'm an adult, like, it, it's kind of like your worst nightmare at the holidays, but it, there's, like, an eerie, you're like, fuck, this could actually happen, and it would scare the shit out of me during Christmas. And in this, he's, like, he's not infringing upon Clark. He's actually, like, a helping hand. He's just Cousin Eddie, you know? <laughs> It's like anytime you're in a pickle, you just you call cousin Eddie and you you don't know what you're going to get, but he's going to help. And another great scene, I think this kind of encapsulates like why Clark Griswold and Vegas are a match made in hell is when he's already lost like a a couple thousand dollars and they're having like the breakfast buffet. And he says he has to go take a piss and he's walking to the bathroom. And of course, there's a roulette table on the way to the restroom. And so Banner just stops and whatever, plays a fucking round of roulette, just like another $100, <laughs> just while he's trying to take a piss during breakfast. The uh, Rusty's uh, Papa Giorgio, his yeah. fake ID. <laughs> you know, put a dollar in, I want a, dollar a car. Want a car. <laughs> we, should, uh, we should make that the opening quote to one of our episodes. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, what was that, 75? 75, what's number 74? 74, uh, we've done a movie commentary on this one, Hook. Ah. So good. good. Again, a, I love, uh, not necessarily, I don't know if this isn't necessarily an adaptation, but an extension of, uh, classic characters like this is peter pan grown up i i love that what's that next step uh storytelling i think as a kid i definitely did not appreciate how they took like this uh, public domain character in peter pan and just had like how fucking unique is the take here it's crazy and it was panned when it came out that's what's insane to me just this movie is a fucking fantastic like, it's higher on my list you'll, you'll, i'm actually we'll surprised later, to hear that but... considering it's spielberg who's kind of like a media darling I, i'm surprised people went after this i just don't even understand like this movie is is just makes me happy like i think finish. it has definitely gotten better the older i've gotten as well yeah. like in a weird way it becomes more relatable to an adult than it does a child yeah absolutely this- 91, I believe. But it works as a been... kid's movie, too. Oh, definitely. This would have been, like, kind of just before the Robin Williams assaults, right? Like, yeah. 91. So, I, I, I made this comment to Jeff. I think a really fun defensive he- uh, villains and offensive heroes would be Peter Pan and Captain Hook. Because mm. I think there's some arguments to be made. I mean, you could argue Hook... As a kid, you don't see it that way because Hook scares the shit out of you. Right. But they almost play it straightforward. Like, think about how fucking vindictive and psychologically manipulative what Peter does at the end of Captain yeah. Hook is. Yeah, it's saying. sick. It's I sick. just think there's an episode there for us. We could break these characters down to be fun. I'm but Hook is a... I, Hook it always has my heart, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. He, he's... Look, you can't fault the guy for trying to find some treasure, right? <laughs> Yeah, no. dude. Peter's kidnapping kids. What are we talking about here? See, I'm going to go off. No. And who could we forget? Rufi. Oh. God, dude, you'll love this. Bro. My old basketball hoop in my parents' house in the backyard. 
scratched into the metal with like a tack has a Rufio and Peter Pan. I wrote and I scratched out Rufio and like circled Peter Pan. I was probably like six years old and it's still there to this day. That's badass. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's a man. We did that commentary a long time. Long time ago. Yeah. We missed. uh, Fuck, we really messed up. We missed that movie's thirtieth anniversary last year. Oh wow! Damn. We were ahead of the curve, though. Like, who celebrates thirty? Nobody likes turning thirty. We did it twenty-nine. That's true. (laughs) Sorority girls love their thirtieth. It's a it's a birthday week. It's their their ninth anniversary of their twenty-first birthday. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll all wrap up with our number seventy-third. Best number seventy, our number seventy third, our number seventy three <laughs> movie of all time. Uh, let's actually go inverse, Banner. We'll let you wrap us up for the episode. So, Cycle, your number seventy four was the cult comedy class. Actually, it's not even a cult classic anymore. I don't think. Office Space. So, what is your number seventy three favorite movie of all time? What can I just say for space? Office Space? We didn't even reference like, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I don't know. Two chicks at the same time. I don't think we even said that last That's week. An like, line, what is wrong yeah. with us? Um, and it, number... you laugh, but you're like, dude, that actually would be feasible if you had a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that, that movie is ahead of a time. I'm, I'm just going to stick to that again. That movie does not get enough clout. Do you um, come over number... and watch Kung Fu? Now we're back on Office Space. Dude, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I can have that whole discussion. <laughs> uh, my number 73 is Martin Scorsese's Gangs of New York. Mm. Um, I'm shocked this is this low with you. So... You know what's funny is I do always inherently feel like this movie should be higher. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this movie is where it is. It feels like for Scorsese, for Daniel Day-Lewis, for Leonardo DiCaprio, if you tell me today I'm getting that movie tomorrow, I'm going to be like, okay, it's fucking top 20 immediately. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how can you have this this director in these... I mean, arguably... My opinion is Daniel Day-Lewis, and I'm going to get into it way later in my list, you know, as time goes on. Daniel Day-Lewis, greatest actor, probably of all time. Not Leonardo, greatest, yeah. our greatest actor in our generation. So, I mean, to me, two iconic actors. This movie does feel low to me. But for this, at the same time, when you watch this film, I feel like something's missing. Yeah. Um, I think Leo... In all honesty, this might be a hot take. Maybe one of his weaker roles. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis is fantastic in this. I, I don't think Daniel Day-Lewis has a weak role. Um, it was probably one of my first real introductions into who Daniel Day-Lewis was, and I kind of worked backwards. I think this came out in 20, uh, 2002. Um, mm-hmm. And I went back and watched, like, Last of the Mohicans and My Left Foot and and really, like, started appreciating who Daniel Day-Lewis was. Um, Leo, I think his accent struggles yeah. a little bit in this movie. Um, and, and so I think that's part of it for like... Was this know, the where, first time he actually had to do an accent in a film? Probably. I think his Django it, accent just fucking blows us all away. So we're kind of yes. like... And, and he's coming off, we're talking about 2002. I mean, he is as high as it can be like from the yeah. titanic wave that takes him to the beach that was not a pun um yes it was I didn't mean no i really like yeah it worked out though um but <laughs> i landed i know. stuck the landing 
Yeah. Man in the Iron Mask. Like he I think he kind of got a little lazy post Titanic just for those couple of years. Like Man in the Iron Mask on the beach and things like that. And like again, Gangs of New York, he was forced to kind of be, you know, he's he's with Scorsese, he's with Daniel Day Lewis. And I think honestly, you can credit this movie of getting Leo back at it. Because he was just taking these big roles that was they were just selling box office seats for for him. Um but I think that's where the movie lacks just a little bit. It's just like Leo isn't as solid as he should be. But the, again, I'm, I, it sounds like I'm bashing this movie. It's it's seventy third on my list. It's a fucking amazing film. It's 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 beautifully filmed. I mean, Cameron Diaz is good too. Like, um, Matt Eye Moody uh, is in this. I, I always forget. Yeah, Liam Neeson's in it. Liam Neeson is in it at the very beginning. The music, the score is fantastic. Um, I just feel like when you watch this movie it's like two steps away from being one of the best movies of all time. And that's it, it, it. You can feel it throughout. And that's the only thing that holds it down. I think that's the cool thing about doing these lists though, is like we realize, and this isn't a detriment, like you're hyperbolic about a lot of films because at the end of the day, if you're like, Oh man, that's probably a top 20 movie of all time. Like you think that because of like a certain memory you have of it, but when you actually sit down and go through your list, you're like, dude, I actually, there's a lot of other movies that have a special place in my heart that I need to get Absolutely. the respect to. For me, yeah, this was the first time I... I don't remember... Like, I think I saw Last of Mohicans as a kid, but I didn't realize, like, oh, Daniel Day-Lewis, good actor. But this is the first time I remember seeing him in a movie like, dude, that guy kind of fucking crushes it. Yes, same, 100%. There's also where I realized anything that you make, if you want to make it just a little bit better, it's like adding salt to something. Put John C. Riley in it. <laughs> you forget he's a serious actor yeah i know i know he he can literally do anything like, he can't be like the main ingredient in your dish but like he no. will always make it a, taste a little bit better he's garlic yeah exactly oh, yeah. but in a proper amount cycle no get no i disagree you need all of the garlic cycle is a psychopath with yeah garlic. Uh, no most people are this way you're like, do you the want weird some one. chicken with this garlic or should we just no, you're the it? weird one your wife agrees with me you both need yeah. help man i don't know how you feel about gangs of new york but uh i have only seen it once and it was a really, really long time ago uh, i remember liking it but that's about that's about all i got it's worth the watch I just remember the iconic scene, of course, where they like all charge at each other. It's yeah. on Hulu, but it's also just south of three hours. So yes, it is a chore. Yeah, yeah. I'm Was not about this that the life first right time now. Leo worked with Scorsese? I think it might have been, yeah, because Leo wasn't. The thing about Leo—that's what's interesting. That's why I give him give credit to this movie. Leo wasn't in a lot. Like Gilbert Grape is a fantastic film. But he was really young for that. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of in box office films purely for his attractiveness and his being a heartthrob in the 90s. He doesn't become the actor we know him to be until the 2000s. And this is the starting off point. It is a little crazy, though, because he was basically linked to, like, every... Like, he turned down a lot of shit before he hit it big, which is pretty ballsy. Yeah, because yeah, after this, we get um, Catch Me If You Can, Aviator... Uh, you know, like, I mean, like that, like, it's just, that's where it starts. And that's why he is who he is now. Because he does not have many misses. One of the better agents no. we've probably ever seen in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, a lot of those like paycheck gigs you could have taken, like, I guarantee he was offered like Scooby-Doo, you know? Dude, why not? Well, we talked about this, how he was, uh, was he almost Batman? Spider-Man. 
Spider-Man. That's what it was. James Spider-Man. Cameron was gonna was attached. Yeah. Still the weirdest conversation. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's a. Again, he his career is. We'll have to do a brothology on him someday. We oh, I'm so in. Filmography. All right, my number seventy-three. Ben, I know you got love for this movie, the Tom Cruise sci-fi movie that has no business being as good as it is. The 2014 Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I don't know what it is about this movie, directed by Doug Liman, who did Deadpool. It, uh, it's it's like the. Is there a name for the Groundhog's Day movies where you like repeat the day over and over? It's almost it's like a subgenre at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I think it is one of the best uses of that. And Tom Cruise, for the first time in a long time especially in the late aughts, does not play a badass. You might think when you go back through in your head like images of this movie or the trailer, oh, he's a badass killing people. No, he is someone who uh, is like a, he works in marketing for the U.S. military and he basically blows like a big sponsorship deal. And as we're about to be invaded, they throw him on the front lines as a punishment thinking it's like, like nothing. And then aliens come and he ends up stuck in this time loop of the same day, and the only other person experiencing it is Emily Blunt. And I just think it's an incredibly made movie. And with all these time loop movies, every time you rewatch it, there's like a little shit you catch up on. It's based on a really famous anime um, that actually is called Live, Die, Repeat, which was the original title for this, which I really like. I don't know why they ditched that. And Brendan Gleeson, Mad-Eye Moody, is also in this, so it's all the same universe, yeah. but... He's all he's in so many things. You're like, huh? Oh, that <laughs> he really is. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow is a movie, though, that like I remember watching it in theaters and we like went in, I think, to make fun of it. Vayner, you might have been there because I think it was like just post-college. And no, it wasn't. It was 2014. But I think I saw it with you and, and Brent Berry. And we left and we were like, actually, that was really fucking good. And I've watched it at least six or seven times on TV since then. And every time I'm like, damn, dude, this is an awesome movie. I... Uh... I'm not a huge Tom Cruise guy. I mean, he has, there's obviously the iconic roles that, yeah, he's great. But traditionally, I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy. And I I liked him in this. I thought he was great. Cycle, have you seen Edge of Tomorrow? I have, but I think I saw it in 2014, and I don't think I've seen it since. Okay. Very I remember liking it. I, I, I probably should give it another shot. When I was putting my list together, it was one of those movies. It was like a Cinderella story. I just kept putting it up against a movie, and I was like, I like Edge of Tomorrow more than that movie. Shockingly, I like Edge of Tomorrow more than this movie. And it ends up at number 73 on my list. And I'll defend it. What's beautiful about the list? It is Absolutely. yours. No one can. No one can take that it. away from me. Tom Cruise right now is on a couch freaking out. <laughs> Although he will he will appear two more times. <laughs> so don't worry, Tom. Fucking sit down, relax. Everyone's uncomfortable. All right, Banner, close us out. What is your number 73 movie of all time in your life ever? This is one uh, similar to you. I just kept putting it up against other movies, and I, I don't know how it got this high, but uh, this is New Mutants. Wow. I don't like horror movies. I don't really like scary movies. This, I, I, I don't understand why this movie took two and a half years to release. Or, I mean, I get it, but 
It was a horrible combination of reshoots and then the Fox acquisition. Yeah, the, it just had horrible luck, and it just kind of got dumped out there. I thought it was really, really good. Um, it wasn't an X Men movie. It was just correct. It was it was a a sane asylum movie, essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what makes it work is it's. I would classify it as a horror movie. Yeah. The fact that they have superpowers or that they can do things is not what makes it a, a good movie. And that is a Josh, non-issue in this. Josh Boone, the director, he doesn't have horror sensibility necessarily, but he directed The Fault in Our Stars and Stuck in Love, so he's like a acclaimed director. One of those may and show up later on. Cycle, in this I think list. this would be interesting for you to watch. So, Cycle, basically, the premise to New Mutants is a girl wakes up in. Um, I don't know, Banner. It's not an orphanage. What, how would you describe the like a she's? like a halfway house? Okay, she's in a halfway house with like four other teens, and they all have some mutant power. None of them are like X Men level, and the uh, head of the center is basically telling them like, "Yeah, you guys can leave anytime you want. Uh, we're just here to test you because you've all had like really traumatic." home lives so like you're just here as basically like rehab or therapy and they all start to realize that they're being lied to and that there's a really nefarious plan happening at this i don't think i saw it was this the movie with Maisie williams right yes, yes and anya taylor okay. joy as well i remember i remember like seeing the trailer, and maybe because it was postponed like you guys said like i remember being intrigued and like forgetting it existed so i'm i'm glad you brought it up because i forgot I liked it a lot. It was a big yeah. surprise two years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I don't, like I said, I don't understand why Fox delayed it initially. And then obviously it had bad timing with uh, the Disney acquisition and then the pandemic hitting. So a little bit of string of bad luck, but I don't know. Really good. I mean, it really had no business being as good as it was. No. No. And I just kept just kept going. I really enjoyed this. I had I really enjoyed this and it just kept creeping up that list. In 2020, I just double checked for the Broscars. It was nominated for the Nerdy Chicken High School Who Got Hot Award for the movie oh. that surprised us. Yeah. Wow. There you go. See, it, it's an award-winning movie. <laughs> yeah, but we not you nominated that movie though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now we're just cycling, talking semantics. I believe what won that year, Cycling Mind's favorite, though, The Invisible Man. Oh, yeah, that was a good... I don't think I've revisited that movie. We should check that out. I'm, yeah. I'd be interested to... We're both bachelors this weekend, so... Let's do it. Fuck it. YOLO. <laughs> All right, guys, any last thoughts for episode 180? Cycling, we'll go to you first. Yeah, the left lane is a passing lane. It's a mm. fast lane. If you're driving on the highway, if you're going... Slower than the speed limit, you need to get to the right lane or the center lane. Get out of there. All right? Seriously, it annoys the fuck out of me if you're just going casually in the left lane. Yeah, no one's saying you can't drive the speed limit. We're just saying you can't do it in the left lane. No. Right? You want to drive whatever, 70, 75. Keep the left lane open for passing people. Because literally, who are you helping? Like, no one's going to appreciate that. You're going to get attacked. <laughs> Banner, how about you? What do you got? Guys, just continue to pull over for emergency vehicles, please. Uh, 
Had an had an incident. I saw saw a bad Again? one. Yep. God. Yep. It was it's uh, getting worse, man. I know. It was a uh, like a loop uh, off ramp onto another highway, and they they weren't letting the the uh, ambulance merge over. Guys, calm the fuck down. Somebody could be dying in the back of that ambulance. You think with our viewership by now we would have had an impact on society? That's what's confusing me. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I feel like they're just not listening now. No man, karma is gonna get you. You don't pull over for that ambulance. Wait till you need one. Yep. Banner, or fire just truck? wait till you... it might be your fucking house on fire. Yeah. Banner, just wait till you come and visit us in May. And you're driving through Tennessee. Oh, my God, worst drivers. They don't America. give a fuck. Great. The worst. Awesome. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. That's why I that. started the left lane thing. Sorry, since I moved out here. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, that's a new thing for you, relatively. Yes, it's because I moved here. <laughs> She's cycling, just laying on his horn as he <laughs> so pissed <laughs> off. Uh, last thing I'll say is, guys, this has been my mantra for pretty much the last year. When you go and get your hair cut, just make smart decisions. All right, it's not permanent, as we said, it's not a tattoo, but what you do will affect you for the next month. So let's not get into the hair dyes. Let's, this isn't the time to try something new, especially if you're an adult. Just fucking be mature, you know? Be smart. Don't put. When is the time to try something new, out of curiosity? I would say, like, you're going on vacation, maybe. I don't know. You're at okay. home. I like that. Because like you put the barber in a bad situation, because they know when you look like shit, but they won't say anything. But you're going to. If you make a bad choice and they cut your hair the way you ask and it looks like shit you're gonna tip them less inherently whether you realize it or not it's a good point you're not gonna walk out there with like a ten dollar tip when you look like shit even if it's your fault you know but devil's advocate if i'm giving less tip that saves me money (laughs) correct but you're still the asshole (laughs) that's what someone who's driving in front of an ambulance is like if i pull over i'm gonna be two seconds later to my appointment there we go that's not devil's advocate. That's just yeah. Like, you're just being a douche. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. For our legal counsel Ronnie Cycli and the mad scientist Brian Banner, I'm the mayor Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro Four Squad podcast. Thank you guys for checking us out. Please follow us on Twitter at Bro Four Squad. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Letterboxd, anywhere you find your podcasts. If you type in Bro force squad as three separate words and our aforementioned top 100 movie list of all time and all of our content ever in the history of time can be found on our website broforsquad.com until next time we have to go debate who actually won the fight between the kings of new york was it the crips i don't know hey oh my god i'm gonna start a whole thing batman's a piece of shit (laughs) short killer we need to audit Batman. I guess taxes have not been paid, guaranteed. Well, dude.